1: What's going on and welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky. Happy game day, New Orleans fans, and hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Pelicans are in Los Angeles to take on the Clippers tonight. They split the back-to-back with the Utah Jazz, winning on Friday night and then falling short on Saturday night. And my guest today is none other than Antonio Daniels, Valley Sports Pelicans television analyst. And uh, Antonio, look, it's Uh, Great to have you on, but I think we need to get to the bottom of this because uh, the one thing that was trending in the last couple of days since Saturday night was not just you, but your turtleneck. And so I need to confirm here, as uh, we are taping on a Sunday here, on a day off here at Marina Del Rey, uh, is there a pursuit of a turtleneck uh, coming about here in the next couple of days?
0: Oh, my gosh, that's an understatement. I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. As soon as we're done here, I'm Ubering somewhere to find a turtleneck.
1: Did you ever think that the turtleneck was gonna be this big? I mean, there's a there was an AD turtleneck Twitter account. There's two of them now. Uh, did you ever think this was gonna blow up the way it did?
0: Not at all. I mean, it's it's all in fun, you know. When um, our team right now is is not playing as well as they could, you know, and I know for myself, um, you know me, I'm an optimistic person, so I'm I'm trying to um, keep a smile on people's faces and and have fun with this, but. Um, I, I'm just like everybody else. I, I'm enjoying this part, but I'm ready to see this team kind of turn it around, kick it in gear, get back healthy um, and get back to playing the type of basketball that we know this team is capable of playing.
1: I think we all are. And look, even though the record doesn't show it right now at five and 17 in the last nine games, They're 4-5, and and I know you're thinking, oh, we're still under 500." but a drastic improvement one when Brandon Ingram has come back from his injury. But I thought they took another step in splitting that back-to-back against a really tough Utah Jazz team. What would you see? I know Saturday night was was not what we wanted to see out of this team, but, man, Friday night you saw what this team is capable of, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know what's
0: funny? My high school coach and my college coach used to tell us all the time, our team, well, you showed me what you're capable of. So now on those nights where – defensively it's not there all you got to do is go back and look at the Utah Jazz because to me it's not just about X's and O's you know it's about effort and what you saw in the Utah Jazz game on Friday night was multiple efforts you saw guys going out there playing like we're not going to lose this game there was such a sense of urgency that was present in that Friday night game and to me that's the toughest venue to win in out of every arena in the league And throughout my 13-year career, I felt that way. And now as an analyst going back to Utah, I feel like that's the toughest venue to win in. And to watch these these Pelicans on Friday night combat every Utah run with their own run, never get discouraged, never let go of the rope. But to continue to pursue that W, to put themselves in a position for Devontae Graham to knock down that shot at, you know, with about one and a half seconds left. You know, this team has showed us what they're capable of throughout the course of the season. You close down the game in the toughest venue, now you just have to carry that over.
1: Right, and I know they really didn't carry it over, and you know Utah was going to come out with some revenge based on how things went on Friday night, but is that a kind of game on Friday? You talk about what they're capable of, but can that give this team some confidence knowing that you were right there with one of the better teams in the Western Conference, the one seed from last year? Does that, does that help you boost your confidence, or does Saturday night kind of take a little bit away from that?
0: I, I don't think Saturday takes anything away from it because if you break down and you look at the wins, it's not just the Utah game. You beat the Clippers, you know, you beat Memphis. So you beat some, you beat some good teams, you know, teams that if it started today, they would not just be in the playoffs, but being the considered in the upper tier of their respective conferences. So, and not just to say you beat, I'm not a big moral victory guy, but you know, some of these other games against really good teams have come down to the stretch as well. So, one thing about this league, Daniel, you never get too high, you never get too low. When you win, you know, cool. When you lose, you learn. All right, now let's move on to the next game. You played the way you wanted to play Friday, put it behind you, let's move on to the game Saturday. Saturday, you didn't play the way you wanted to win, okay, let's put this behind us, and now let's move on to the Monday game against the Clippers. It's
1: going to be a big one on Monday night, a chance at a winning road trip, which could be huge for the Pelicans heading back home for just a day before they get back on the road. The schedule has been... <laughs> brutal for the Pelicans. Can you imagine this team has already played six back-to-backs already and we're not even in December AD and again, I'm not one to throw excuses out there but because everyone goes through the schedule but the grind for this Pelicans team they've had I believe one or two days two uh, times where they've had two days in between games. I mean, when you have injuries that you've been dealing with, it's been hard to get guys back because of the condensed schedule. Well, if you
0: pay attention to other schedules and just look at how home-heavy they are to start this season You know, there was a point Golden State had an eight-game homestand, you know, in the first three weeks of the season. Basically, that schedule was set up for you to get off to a fantastic start. So now you have confidence to go into that next 10 to 15 games. Is it a surprise right now that they have the best record in the league? No, because you had the opportunity to get off to a great start. But again, I'm with you. That's reality. That's the reality of the schedule. But the other reality of the schedule is this is an unforgiving league. So we can sit here and talk about, well, you know, we, we haven't had the days off or we had six back-to-backs and, you know, so on and so forth. Nobody care. You know, your job as an athlete is to adjust and to go out and compete.
1: Let's talk about someone that had adjusted really well as a rookie and has been uh, taking the league by storm as far as rookies to keep an eye on. That's Herb Jones. In the last three games, 11 total seals. He tied his career high on Saturday night again for New Orleans. And, again, I feel like more people are starting to pay attention to what he's doing defensively. What have you seen from him that is, has that is just really stuck out to you about how he's been able – and his, his offense is slowly improving, but the defense is what really sticks out with Herbert Jones.
0: But, you know, the, the most difficult side of the ball to, to grasp as a rookie is the defensive side. Offense is what it is. You hit shots. You know, you do what you've always done. Um, defense is more about understanding understanding schemes, understanding tendencies, um, how to take away strengths, you know, make guys play to their weakness. And the most impressive thing to me about Herb Jones has been how quickly on the defensive side of the ball that he has adjusted to the speed of the game. If you talk to rookies, they will tell you the speed of the game is so much faster. It's not just the fact that guys are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, and more agile. The speed of the game is quicker. Defensively, if you make a mistake, they make you pay. And the thing that you see about Herb, he rarely makes those defensive state mistakes that you're accustomed to most rookies making.
1: When you talk about his mentality, too, I feel like it's it's in this league everyone wants to score, score, score. But some guys recognize that maybe it's my defense that can further me in my career. And I feel like Herb Jones is one of those guys, we talked to him after the win on Friday, he just says... I'm just here to really help my teammates. They rely on me for my defense. That's what I really got to stick with. And I feel like that mentality is hard to find with a lot of the young guys heading in the league. The, the reason
0: it's hard to find is because if you look over the past seven to ten years, the NBA hasn't really rewarded guys for two things. One is defense and one is rebounding. Everything's been all about scoring. You know, especially since the rule changes where you can't touch guys. So defense hasn't been valued nearly as much as the ability to shoot the basketball. I feel like... Shooters, or shooting in general, is the most valued asset in today's NBA. You know, so now with the rule change, and they're allowing a little more physicality back in the game, that plays to what Herb brings to the table. Because I feel like guys like Andre Robertson, guys like Tony Allen, guys like Bruce Bowen have slowly but surely been kind of not paid nearly as much attention to because it's been all about offense. But now with the physicality back in the league, now you can say, you know what, Herb, go out and do what you do. The offense will come. Every day after practice, you see him working with Coach Fred Vincent so you know that the offense will come. The confidence in that stroke will come. His ability to put the ball on the floor will come. But right now, understand where your bread is butter and what you do best to help this team win basketball games.
1: And Speaking of a guy that's helped this team win basketball games, coming off the bench now is Billy Hernan Gomez, who was a guy that was really not in rotation for most of the year. And all of a sudden, in the last three games, he's been relied on a lot as that backup center. And look, I think we talk about the numbers he's put up 13, or 12 or more points in every game he's entered, but also to give Jonas Valanciunas the rest. That's the big thing. What if I mean, we talk about the attitude of Billy Hernan Gomez and how contagious it is when he walks into a room, how happy he is, no matter if he's played zero minutes in the last five games or whether he's played 40, and everyone is rooting for him, and everyone loves him on this team. and I think the value in that is so huge for a guy that, again, that's hard for any NBA player to to be out of the rotation, stay even keel. And boy, what have you seen from Billy in these last few games? You know, I
0: think the most impressive thing about Billy is, and you just said it, Daniel, is his attitude. If you see him, you can't tell if he's in a rotation or out of the rotation. Most guys, if they're in a rotation, you see him, they're happy, they're smiling, they're speaking. when they're out of rotation, they, they have their head down, they keep it moving. And Billy's not that kind of guy. You know, you've heard prior to him even coming here, what kind of teammate he is. You know, just a fantastic guy to be around. There are certain people that that when they walk in a room, they bring joyfulness with them. They bring that, that that kind of light with them. And Billy is one of those guys. But now on the floor, and I said this last year, I think the most impressive thing about Billy to me is his ability to put himself in a position to succeed understand positioning from a big man's perspective and the reason i appreciate that is playing point guard in this league for 13 years you love when a big understands angles and nuances offensively and also defensively he speaks he's he's always in the right place he's taking charges he's always making hustle plays but offensively as a guard he loves the dunker spot He knows when to cut, when to roll. All of those things are incredibly important when you're talking about the chemistry from big to, uh, from guard to big. Billy understands the little nuance. He never steps out of who he is. And as a teammate, as an analyst, as a coach, as a fan, I love that perspective.
1: When you talk about chemistry with this team, it feels like sometimes you feel like, okay, this team has figured it out. But then there's sometimes they're like, maybe the chemistry's not there a little bit, but it also, I think, goes to the fact that with the Pelicans dealing with injuries, guys have been playing in roles that maybe they're not really used to mm-hmm. or was not accustomed to doing before entering the season. What are you seeing as far as this team kind of building? I know, again, we talked about their 4-5 and five in their last nine, but it was a rough start for this team. Are you starting to see that, that I guess, that flow develop, that guys starting to figure out their roles here and figure out playing with each other on the court? Yeah,
0: I think the thing that you're accustomed to seeing from a young, inexperienced basketball team is inconsistency and there are certain things that you can expect willie green said it after after saturday's game when a team is hitting shots you have to come down and still execute offensively when you're not hitting shots is your defensive effort still there and a lot of times what you see in younger teams is if my shot's not going it affects me on the defensive side of the ball if another team is going from the three-point line like utah jazz were in the in the saturday game it's, it's 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 exhausting Like, it's tough to kind of make up for that. So you see the effort from this team, and I have tweeted numerous times this year. I don't know how you can not like this team when they play this hard. They don't let go of the rope. You can think of a few games. You can look at Saturday Mm -hmm. and say it was a blowout. Utah had it going. You can also go back to Golden State and say those are two times that really stand out to me where this team has let go of the rope. A lot of these other times, they are competing. They're getting to the finish line. They just haven't had enough to get across it. So I think you see some of the growth. I think you see the learning curve, but I think you also see how difficult it is to win in this league.
1: Let's talk about Brandon Ingram a little bit since coming back from the injury and look, the the points per game were there. He is the leader of this team, but also he has struggled a little bit offensively here in the last few. And I know everyone goes through slumps and this is not something just to pick on uh, Brandon Ingram, but what have you seen from him that maybe has, whether it's just him not hitting his shots, is it not getting the exact shots that he wants? Is he trying to do too much on a team that is, is missing a guy like Zion? What, what, are, you, what are you seeing from Brandon?
0: I, I don't think he's trying to do too much. I, I think sometimes um, he may be too unselfish. Because I understand his thought process. His thought process is, you know what, man, I want to get everybody else involved. And it's tough to tell him because he's not that kind of guy. We need you to be more selfish. We need you to be more selfish. You know, sometimes you've earned the right to four shots. When you're the league's most improved player, when you're an all-star, you've earned that right. You know, NBA offense is not equal opportunity. So you have been awarded and blessed with the opportunity to do things and get away with things other guys can't offensively. But I understand his thought process. He is trying to make sure everybody's comfortable and everybody's involved. I tell you this, Daniel, it is tough to win in this league, period. It's tougher to win in this league when you are without your top player. And then when you go down to Brandon Ingram missing six, seven games, it's even tougher to win. Look at what the Lakers are doing without LeBron. John Morant got hurt the other day, and Memphis ended up losing by 34. When you're without that guy on the floor that your roster is constructed around, or those two guys that Batman and Robin, it's tough. It's tough to win games that way.
1: Let's talk about Zion because, again, he's been cleared to practice and go full contact. The thing is, is this team might not have a full practice until next Wednesday or next, probably next Thursday uh, before they hit the Dallas Mavericks or before they take on the Dallas Mavericks. But Again, how much does that affect when you talk about some of the guys that the Pelicans brought in? Even a guy like Trey Murphy. Who yes, has, yes. I mean, yep. how much does that open up things? And how much is it? I mean, it also gives Willie Green more options coming off the bench. Look, the second unit has really stepped up since Billy and Nikhil have been in here. But I feel like, again, Zion Williamson opens his doors for so many people. To me,
0: when you talk about stars in this league, I always use the term gravity because they bring so much with him. So when you look at someone like Trey Murphy, you can look at this first 22 games and say, oh, well, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. Well, understand what he was drafted for. You draft him because his skill set and what he brings to the table complements what B.I. and Zion need, a guy that can really space the floor. But now you eliminate B.I. for six, seven games. You eliminate Zion for the whole season. Now you're asking Trey Murphy to do something you didn't draft him to do. So now it's a completely different game. When you're back whole and you're back healthy, I am so interested to see how this team looks. We have no idea what Zion looks like next to a stretch five. What he looks like next to Jonas. You know, we have no idea what that starting five may look like with Zion, B.I., Jonas, Devontae Graham, and Herb Jones or Josh Hart. Or you can have that five and have Josh Hart bringing that energy off the bench that he brings. This is a completely different team. We're having a completely different conversation when this team is whole and healthy.
1: Well, hopefully that uh, is soon as Zion Williamson gets back. Hopefully more on that in the next week or so. Before I let you go here, let's talk about tonight's matchup with the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that, again, is going to remember what happened Mm -hmm. uh, just a week ago. But the Pelicans held Los Angeles to 81 points. It was 94 to 81. What stuck out to you about that game? Obviously, defense comes to mind, but what will they have to do? Again, I know the Clippers are slowly getting Serge Ibaka back. That could change things a little bit. But what stands out to you about tonight's matchup with the Clippers? What
0: really stood out to me about the last time these two teams met is the Clippers scored 26 points in 24 minutes in the second half. I, I, that That's extremely rare, especially when you have a offensive talent like Paul George. So if I go back to that game, what stands out is the individual job that Josh Hart did on Paul George. You know, we always talk about the little things, the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Steals show up in the stat sheet, block shots, all those things. Deflections don't. Understanding a guy's tendencies denying, taking away a guy's touches, taking away a guy's airspace. Those things don't show up in the stat sheet. And Josh Hart did a fantastic individual job. Now, obviously, he had four guys behind him, but him taking that challenge to start off every defensive possession to make it extremely difficult on Paul George is what really stood out to me about the last time these two teams met.
1: What about tonight, then? What what, what do the Pelicans have to do to, to get the winning record on this road trip? What sticks out as far as a main principle that they'll have to do to, to beat the Clippers twice now?
0: Well, anytime you're on the road, I think taking care of the basketball is imperative. Maximizing every offensive possession. Obviously, there's no such thing as 48 minutes of perfect basketball. That's a cliche statement that never happens. You're going to turn it over. You're going to make defensive mistakes. But I think you have to minimize your mistakes when you're on the road. Because unlike when you're playing at home, you don't have that crowd behind you to kind of make up for it. But again, we can go back to Friday. This team showed what they are capable of in hostile territory. You win in Utah, doing what you're supposed to do defensively, and it's an effort game. When you're on the road, that effort has to travel.
1: That's Antonio Daniels, Pelicans television analyst on Valley Sports. AD, I really appreciate always learn a lot when we have these conversations. And so Go get that turtleneck. We need it for tonight.
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: Amen. I'm with you. All right. So it's the Pelicans and Clippers tonight, 9.30 p.m. Central Time. You can watch Joel and Antonio Daniels and Jen Hale on Valley Sports. New we'll have it on the radio side for you as well at 9.30 with pregame coverage starting at both at 9 p.m. Central. We'll have another podcast for you on Wednesday, getting you ready for Pelicans and Mavericks from the Smoothie King Center. Until then, for Antonio, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.